pretty little grown men. Hey, we're back. It's been so long. It's been so many minutes <laughs> since we taped our last episode. So many minutes. I took a break and got a big piece of cheese, which I'm going to eat and give myself a heart attack. Uh, it's okay. I'm drinking a beer. Uh, I guess it's it's fake sponsor time. It is. What are you drinking? Welcome to fake sponsor time. Uh, I'm drinking a, a Bowie IPA, care of Astoria, Oregon, which is it's it's a little pretty town um, up on the northwest coast of Oregon, um, which of course the coast is all in the west, but it's on the northern side. It's a little tiny, little teensy weensy peninsula up on the, the north side of Oregon. Um, they have some lighthouses, uh, some nice docks. Uh, they have a few, they actually have a few breweries up there. Uh, Fort George is also up in Astoria. Oh, nice. Yeah. I need to, I need to, that's one of my favorite breweries. I need to get up there. Mm-hmm. I actually had a really excellent beer from Redmond, Oregon, uh, last night, uh, brewery called Wild Ride. Oh uh, yeah. That was, that was tasty. I'm not a porter person, but that yeah, was tasty. Yeah. It was the, uh, stand up and shout stout and I had it on nitro. So it was super smooth and it was one of these very latte-esque beers, which you run into once in a while. And it's hard to do them well, but this one I thought was just excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to uh, Loyal Legion, this relatively new bar here in Portland. Yeah. They have quite a a nice tap list. Gigantic corn dogs. Oh, I didn't have a corn dog. I did. They had good... I almost had two. <laughs> Those are great corn dogs. They dog. had good tater tots. Really crisp. Um not too mushy it was it was good i was yeah. i was impressed with the place in general yeah uh so episode we watched episode uh season six episode 12 tonight charlotte's yeah. web charlotte's charlotte's Cle- fucking clever web. clever title <laughs> um and this this episode just launches us right into the mystery it sets up all these threads mm-hmm. it sets up some it introduces us to some new boyfriends which is exciting um, but if last episode was the like liars reunion, feeling each other out again, you know, showing them as sort of mature new characters, this episode was the let's set up all the groundwork for all the plots of the next, you know, five or six episodes. Right. Um, and already, you know, the, uh, already we're putting into doubt, uh, certain liars as obviously, Allison thinks that Arya could possibly have had something to do with it. Um, the liars uh, aren't sure what's going on with Ezra and his broken self. Um, just a, just a, a lot going on. I personally think that Caleb and Spencer are going to fuck. That's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Or may have already happened. Yes. In in Barcelona in Madrid <laughs> Madrid that's right. yeah in, in romantic Madrid so Spencer and Caleb have been hanging out on the east coast doing their thing running into each other mm-hmm. uh, Caleb is staying he said he was staying in the barn but in fact is staying in the house on the couch yeah so a little bit closer than uh we... no you know what I think actually I don't think it's in the house I think it's the barn because remember in the five years forward special they were talking about how the barn is all remodeled yes so I think that 
I think Spencer is basically living in the barn. For, Spencer's living in the barn, and Caleb's sleeping on the couch. In the barn. In in the living room. No, in the barn. Because he's... Really? I think that, that the they're barn? both staying in the barn, but the barn is basically just like a little mini house. Okay. Well, anyway, Caleb and yeah. Spencer, sparks are flying in they're, this episode. They are giving each other so many eyes. There's, there's there are some, eyes aplenty. There's some legit chemistry, and I love it. And you get the... So we find out that they ran into each other in Spain... Um, Caleb was backpacking, uh, Spencer was doing her year abroad or her semester abroad, one of those two. And they just ran into each other and hung out and drank some sangria. And it all sounds very romantic to me, Dom. Went and saw a bullfight and Spencer was traumatized. Uh, I think that they're a better fit for each other than, than Spoby or Caleb. I 100% support this ship. Spalub. 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 Well, because otherwise it's what? Cancer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that can't be the name. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, basically um, the episode... Uh, just you know, starts launches straight into it. The girls are ready to uh, be done with uh, all of this drama here in Rosewood. They're gonna head home. Arya especially is just Jones in to leave. Um, we get the impression that uh, Hannah's fiance Jordan knows a pretty decent amount about what happened. Uh, to Hannah, Arya has obviously told um, whatever her dude's name is. Liam. Liam has obviously told Liam. His name's not Liam. He's super Jewy. He's <laughs> yeah. de- he's that guy is a New York literary Jew. His name can't be Liam. Yeah, he, is, he needs a new name. He's not he's not a strapping Irish fellow. Uh, has told she's told Liam nothing about what's been going on. Well, he definitely does not know about Ezra whatsoever. That is a whole weird situation. Oh, yeah. That she is like his agent or working directly with the publisher somehow. Like somehow she is representing Ezra professionally, which is like she's her like deeply she's, weird. Yeah, she's her like rep. She's basically her uh, Ezra's liaison between um, him and, and his his publisher. Uh and so uh, this is, by the way, this is like that is a super like Gossip Girl plot line <laughs> that that the you would be somehow the character becomes the representative of the ex boyfriend or whatever, and they like it's it's completely like an unprofessional situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course it is. Uh, which obviously that's that's reason enough for Arya to be um, quiet and secretive about her connections with Ezra uh, and why her boss would not be convinced that Arya knows Ezra as well as she thinks she does. Um, Right, because she tells her boss, I know Ezra, I can connect to him like no, or I can get through to him like no one else. And she's like, damn, that seems crazy for you to say. Via his dick. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so we learn that... um, in the middle of the night during the fateful drunken binge that the girls all had they're 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 drunken reuniting um that Arya left 
the hotel room for about an hour. Um, well, no, she left at 3 a.m. and she came back at 4.30. Yeah, 4.28. Yeah. Uh, which is strange because what was she doing that whole time? Was she just walking around with Ezra for, for an hour and a half? We know, like, Arya eventually confesses that they that Ezra and her saw Charlotte go into the church, uh, the church from which she was flung. Um, but uh, we don't really know what was going on before that. Um, so, okay, I think this was handled in a pretty interesting way because okay. first you have Arya saying, I need to get back to work. I can't just hang out here and do nothing and lose my job. Like, are you serious? You know? So I really enjoyed that there was this sort of real world tension of like, I can't just skip class and screw around and like go be Nancy Drew trying to solve this mystery. Mm -hmm. Like I have to go back to my job where I live and make my living, you know, even though that was just a front for her to hightail it out of town because she was panicky about having left the, um, left the hotel room and being connected to the murder. Right. So that was a nice touch. And then the second nice touch, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, watching the show now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look out for signs of like, these characters are older, they're mature. You know, how is this show going to present that growth? Right. Right. And so one of the ways they did that in this episode is when the other liars find out, find Hannah's keeping Arya's secret. Uh, for a portion of the episode. Finally, she tells Spencer, so everyone finds out, and I think Spencer says, we're not in high school anymore. We're going to just confront her. Oh, Hannah says that. Okay, right. Yeah. And, of course, they find a way to access some security footage through the convenience of Hannah's mom running the hotel and find out that Arya did peace out, was gone for this period, and then came back. So they have this... It's almost like too easy. They basically get this evidence. They confront Arya right away, and Arya's like, "Oh yeah, here's what happens." And then we have this flashback where we see Charlotte just sort of out and about in the middle of the night for reasons unknown, right. going to the church. So that's going to be a whole other thing. Which we know that we know that she was at Allie's. She was right. at the dealer rentis. Stayed up talking all night until Allie went to bed. And then Allie went to bed, and then apparently she left and then went to the church. Um, that and where where Arya and Ezra saw her. So that's that's what we know of the events of the night. So far. right. So the where the show leads us is in Arya's unreliable narration. Ezra's very angry, and he's like, "How can this girl go free when beautiful angel Nicole was murdered was for no dragged reason? Dragged off into the jungle by Sandinistas." Right. Right. <laughs> uh. So. The impression that Arya has is that, oh, no, crazy Ezra maybe went off and, and killed her. Yeah. The other thing that suggests Arya was not involved is when she goes to Ezra's apartment or his uh, yeah his apartment later and said, what did you do that night? Yeah. What did you do after I left you? Because why would she ask that if she had not been if she was helping him in the murder, obviously, or if she herself was the murderer, why would she ask him where he was going right. or where he'd been? You know, right, exactly. So I think she is in the clear uh, for once. And, you know, Ezra is not, and the show is setting him up to be the latest suspect. But as we've learned 
uh, from watching Pretty Little Liars for six plus years, um, he's not the murderer. Right. As as PLL, as anyone who watches PLL knows, <laughs> he's going to be the evil suspect for two to three episodes, and then we will get a new one. Yep. Yep. I am looking forward to... So, I, I think it's fun now in this sort of new five years forward iteration of PLL that we're trying to get used to is to is to take those tropes... Um, and we sort of talked about this in, in, in our last episode that we recorded so long ago. Uh, the idea of rebooting and um, moving the story forward, but sort of still capturing the essence of the story and trying to place it in a new, into a new context. And part of that is 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 recontextualizing tropes. And one of the tropes of Pretty Little Liars that we've come to expect are characters that show up that are seemingly important and that uh, that are ultimately throwaway characters and i can't wait to, to see what these all these throwaway characters are going to be which which boyfriend is going to be the throwaway boyfriend well yeah I, well i think that it's i think that what, what we're bound what we're bound to see is um caleb and spencer growing closer realizing their feelings for each other and hannah probably wanting to probably probably hannah undoubtedly being jealous if this were if this were the case oh absolute love triangle situation probably becoming jaded with jordan because jordan is jordan is too nice and he's too one-dimensional to be a good person he just seems like this you know manic pixie rich dream boyfriend yeah like there's something i i have a feeling that something's gonna i have a feeling that something's gonna come about where jordan's character is proved to be like he's proved to be duplicitous or something like that so could be um i i think one of the another trope that's being dealt with um or that seems to be coming through to me so far is uh which of the characters is lying mm -hmm. which of them was lying when they didn't have to over this five-year period and i think two of them are i think it's aria who is lying to her boss and her boyfriend about her relationship with ezra Mm -hmm. clearly and emily lying to her everyone in her life about flunking out of school and losing her scholarship. Yeah, this is one thing that the show uh I don't think has done as explicitly before, which is to set up something that seems relatively trivial or at least uh pretty specifically character based and to withhold any sort of explanation and to sort of just dangle that carrot. Uh, obviously, I mean Whatever it is that Emily is getting treated for um, that has not been revealed, that she's obviously taking medication for. Um, and also, uh, who Toby is building a house for. That's a good one. You know, things were like, I, I don't really remember the show ever dangling that the details in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's always cliffhangers, obviously. And there's always an overarching mystery. But it wasn't something someone's personal. It wasn't like someone's health. It wasn't anything right. like that. Right. And so it's it's sort of like when it comes to, especially when it comes to Emily's sickness or whatever she's getting treated for, you wonder if the, is this is this strictly character based or is this part of some sort of greater, more elaborate plot? No, I think it's a character choice, which I really like. Yeah. I mean, I have always enjoyed when the show. 
especially in the earlier seasons. And I think part of this was just to kill time, you know, bringing in villainous characters who had no connection to the overall plot. Yeah. You know, like the character, like the guy who is the obsessive guy who um, Emily, sh- you know, shoots in self-defense. Yeah. Right. Who ends up being like the big villain of that season. Uh, I think when the show has done stuff like that and brought in these other random things, it makes it just feel a lot wider and more interesting and not limited to the tunnel vision of the murder mystery and the single villain and so on. Yeah. Um, so. And I, th- I think especially having them be older and more adult and more independent, having just these realities of life intrude upon this stuff in a new way, like having to go to your job or having to go to a doctor's appointment or whatever it is, because you're not an impervious 16 year old anymore. Right. Having these things happen, I think, makes the show potentially much more interesting. I I do appreciate that sort of new self-awareness as well, which one thing that we didn't mention in the last episode is um, a comment that Spencer makes when they're reminiscing at the con- converted Radley Sanitarium Hotel is that uh, Spencer, she sort of drunkenly laughs and is just like, I thought that I thought that we could just sort of lie, we could lie once more for Allie and everything would be okay. And she and how and how, in terms of getting Charlotte out of um, yeah, or just in general, just sort of like we if we could we could hold this one we could we could lie for Allie once more, like we could we could give her what she wants, and in the past, obviously, you know, lying for Allie has always been what has gotten them in trouble. Right. So it's this like casual but mature revelation right. that it's not the solution. And anymore. her to say this like we could have one more lie. And everything would be okay, and obviously that's not the case. Um, I I think that's maybe something that I really appreciate about this new this new half season is that there's a lot more self awareness uh, going on. Um, it isn't overt by any means, but you do get the sense that um, the liars, in a very natural way. Uh, that their characters are, are are seeing patterns in themselves and in their lives that they're struggling to get out of, but they can't help themselves. Right. And I think that that's very, it's a very realistic thing to deal with. Where Well, and you see it at the end with Emily going to visit her father's grave. Yeah. And earlier in the episode, she won't go with her mom. We know she hasn't been yet. She wasn't ready. And that could have been something that the show dragged out as a subplot for three or four episodes, but she's mature enough by the end of this episode to go and, you know, talk to her dad and, and reveal all of her school issues. And, you know, it's something that the show could have spent a lot more time on, but instead it's like, let's have this person be a little bit more mature and deal with it. Do you think that we're ever going to figure out or discover how Emily's dad died? That's just going to be, I I would guess he's just, killed in action but uh i i don't know i mean that seems like that would be my natural assumption of him being in the military right i mean i almost i i almost don't want them to explain it because i sort of enjoy the idea i mean sort of like the when we talk about the leftovers like i enjoy the ambiguity of it we Mm -hmm. don't always and that's that's kind of this thing that we've come to expect out of shows like Pretty Little Liars, 
is we expect to have all the answers. We expect to have every curious, unexplained thing finally explained. And I think that that sort of in in wanting wanting our stories fulfilled in that way, we sort of forget the the power of the unexplained. Right. And um, I don't think we need to know why Emily's dad died because we see the effects. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. And that's all we need. If 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 we're given that explanation, I don't really see how that would in any way benefit the 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 emotions or the story itself. No. And it's unless I mean, it was somehow related to the plot, which I kind of doubt it. Right. And it that's I'm, and that's the um what we are seeing I think a little bit with the Ezra situation where Arya sneaks back to town, gets Ezra's book draft, takes the USB drive and finds all these articles about uh Nicole getting murdered. Like her body is found, and we didn't know that information in episode one. We thought she was still missing. Do you think that um, that all that stuff was on the the drive, and that's it, or do you think that there's a draft in there too? Think I think there's a there's a shot where it shows all the files, and the first one Arya clicks is like Nicole question mark question mark. Yeah. So we could probably go back Let's and see. check. Yeah. But he says. What he tells her is, this is as far as I got. And I think um, it's just a bunch of clips about Nicole. Yeah, maybe there's, not a book, maybe there's not a book in there at all. Yeah. I think that's the case. That's why I think that Arya's going to stick stick around. You know, it's weird because a lot of the descriptions of the episode make it sound like, oh, there's suspects in this murder case, and so they're forced to stick around. Granted, at the end of the episode, Ali uh, sort of uh, summons Lorenzo to her house, where she essentially is going to rat on on someone i'm probably aria aria yeah yeah um, well so this is a really this is a neat little i mean you know the plot the the show is so good at setting up these little plot situations that it can then play out for a few episodes before the next weird little plot situation yeah. and of course in this one because aria left the hotel with ezra and ezra may have done it and we don't have we don't know where he was at four in the morning when Charlotte was killed, Hannah makes the great point. Well, Arya, uh, you're now linked to Ezra, so you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, sorry. Yeah, you you are now an accomplice to this crime uh, because who else can give, you know, an alibi for you at four in the morning? No one can. Right. So now they are in the position of protecting Arya, who presumably did not do anything wrong, and that but you know puts the liars in the position of having a, another secret. And because of them trying to do a good thing, they're now going to get dragged into this issue of Allie being suspicious of Arya. And the, of course, this being Pretty Little Liars, the footage that Hannah deletes of Arya leaving, someone else is going to get that footage of because that's how it works. Oh, yeah. You'd think that she would have called in the prowess of Caleb to ensure that 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 it's officially as gone as it can be from the from the computer system. Right. Right. That was a that was a crucial mistake in no, no longer dating Caleb is you can't turn to his uh amazing cybernetic powers. But, you know, we do have the Spencer Caleb power couple to look forward to. I hope so. 
because they're both that the, yeah they're just they're better they're better for each other than than anyone else i mean i i, I appreciate the 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 friendly repertoire between uh spencer and 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 toby but come on no they were they were always a bad couple that was just about him being a cute boy yeah I, I, yeah exactly it's almost like spencer finally realized that and then and then shut that shit down right well okay so spencer had the weirdest plot in this episode of her like report she wrote in college yeah. of some murder process which happens to be some murder case which is identical to the way charlotte is killed mm-hmm. and we find out spencer told fits about that for some random reason on his book tour yeah which that's is really, about the which most is really strange because if you're ezra fits and you know you've experienced everything that you've experienced you basically re- never finished this book that you apparently were writing forever about uh you know like the the murder of Allison De Laurentiis um and you you come to Spencer and you're like yeah I'm thinking of writing maybe a murder mystery and then so Spencer's like oh I had this idea based on this case that I was reading as as opposed to the the two year insane murder mystery that you did so much right, res- endless research saying, on like, what the fuck dude why would you ever want to write a murder mystery like you just live that shit maybe get over that for a little bit or something like that you know it's just it's very confusing. What I don't get is the timeline. I think that, you know, and we've kind of touched on this already, but the timeline of, of Fitz's whole career and everything doesn't make any sense because you're right. Because it's like he's supposed to do – he's so he meets Nicole at the end of 6A. Uh, she's leaving to go on to, uh, to, you know, wherever, Nicaragua or whatever, for Habitat for Humanity. He goes with her. And then somehow, in those five years, he writes a book that's released and loved. Goes on a book tour, and then and goes on a book tour, and then goes to another habitat I guess, mission. Apparently, I guess yeah. that's what happened. So, it are was. we supposed to believe that he had this long, multi-year relationship with her? Then I think so. I mean, I I get the impression that like, you know, they were together that whole time. They must have been. He's otherwise like, why would he be so? personally fucked up over it right he seems he seems very distraught and the show has not really given us it's just one of these things where by skipping ahead and not and leaving a lot of details out um we just don't the emotional impact of it is less because we just haven't really seen it we just don't really realize we have to put the pieces together as we're doing right now yeah 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 um I don't know how much longer I can tolerate broken Ezra Fitz. Um, you know, he's obviously not the murderer, but he, but I will, I will say this is I'm sure something happened that night with him. Oh, of course. We're going to see little bits and pieces and different flashbacks. And it's going to be the same thing as Ali's disappearance oh, where yeah. we get all these different, you know, Rashimon perspectives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like the the Chad Lowe perspective, um, he had a brief conversation, and was there violence involved in that? Did he get hit in the head or something? Somebody got hit in the head. I can't remember anymore. Yeah, they they went back. Like a lot of things happened. They, yeah, a lot of a lot, it was a crazy night. Yeah. A lot of things would happen that night. But yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it was 
the characters who didn't show up in this episode were were provoking in a way. Mm-hmm. Mona's not in it. Uh, we do run into Sarah Harvey again and find out that she did this whole Stockholm Syndrome plea and finagled her way out of jail or whatever. Uh, and she appears at the very end at the graveyard. We don't really know what her situation is. So there's like, and then we still haven't really gone beyond outside of these new boyfriend characters. We have not really gone beyond the core characters in terms of who's still in Rosewood, who's still kind of orbiting the circle. So there's really a lot of opportunity Who for has them. Twitter accounts. None right. of those exist. Right. Who's on, who's on the ground. <laughs> there's so there's all these opportunities for characters to kind of potentially come back or be the villain or or whatever it is we really don't know no there are a lot of characters also uh what happened to the rosewood police uh force after it was revealed that charlotte basically had control over them right you remember that remember like you know the police, like top to bottom, Charlotte was in cahoots with them. Did they basically just like flush out the whole agency? Well, and she killed, didn't she kill Wilden? She did kill Wilden. Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. So she's, although I think yeah, she, she's a murderer. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Like she's, she, this, this is what, this is what gets to me so much is you have a perfectly great plot and just having really well fleshed out characters deal with some serious emotional trauma. Right. Instead of starting a new mystery from, a from new scratch mystery. by killing off the most interesting character. Right. Like, yeah. Like why not keep that character on and really try to work with that character? Is you, the writers have written themselves a really difficult character. And instead of, Instead of seeing that character to a to a suitable resolution as far as an emotional arc goes, they throw her from a fucking church. Right. And the thing is, like, Sarah Harvey is not an interesting character. She was just this cipher who was second in command to she Charlotte. Was- so she's just not. It's just like, all right, well, she's back. I, I don't really care. She was she an interesting from a, first time. A remotely interesting character to basically like this like weird zombie thing that just wanders around. Right. Just this like pointlessly evil character who we have no explanation for and continue to have no real explanation for. And she's acting stranger than ever. It's really um I don't whenever she walks into a scene then she's kind of like has this really uh almost like regal posture and she you know she can't she's she can't sign her name yeah she she doesn't speak it's like she's yeah she's in this very traumatized uh, strange state yeah is it is, is it said that she can't speak anymore i don't think it's been it's almost like they're trying to kind of position her in the jenna role yeah. You know, where we're not really sure if Jenna can see or not. We're not sure what's what exactly is going on, what her limitations are. Yeah. And it seems like that, you know, this being the uh, Force Awakens to season one's mm-hmm. A New Hope, <laughs> it seems like they are positioning her in that role of like this character where you don't really know what her deal is. Do you think that we're going to see any of our favorite ancillary, ancillary characters like... Do you think that we're going to see a Lucas? Do you think that Nil Khan's going to show up? 
I would. I think Jenna? Noel. I think Noel is done. I would love to see Jenna come back. I want to see a lot more Mona. Yeah. I would like to see Ren and find out the story of the NAT club. If that never really gets yeah, resolved, yeah. the NAT club never got resolved. I feel like that's just never going to happen for us, and that whole thing is just going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got got dropped like Lindelof loves to drop shit. Got dropped like a lost plot thread. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're probably not going to see Nolcon ever again. Probably won't see Jen ever again. Maybe Lucas. He could come back. He's a. He, I think he's a convenient character to bring back for a certain plot details. Right, because he could do. Yeah, you could you could put him in a lot of. He was connected to Mona. You could put him in a lot of different zones. Yeah, I wonder if Michael come back. Even Arya's mom. Yeah. Not around. No. I mean, we're seeing, and we're of seeing, course, and of course, Jason, who's been a very yeah. questionable character at times. Exactly, we're seeing a lot of Nia Peoples. Like she's, she's pretty probably pretty high on the call sheet for these first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. the The family stuff is really strange because it's just kind of like assumed. You know, I f- I feel like if if Arya comes back to town you think that her family would want to be around. Right. Um, well, it's, yeah. you know, this is where you get into like the Hollywood logistics of how many episodes can a supporting actor or actress show up in before they have to pay you more money, which right. is why it's always like one parent at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why did, why did Chad Lowe uh, have enough time to, to act in that, that first premiere episode? Well, cause he wasn't directing. That's true. Oh, Chad. Good to see you, man. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the the the, the second episode, uh, it, it, get ba- it, it really reminded me of how it got back to the pace of the typical Pretty Little Liars episode. Right. A lot of stuff happening, a lot of conversations where um, they only basically center around the immediate mystery at hand. Uh, you know, even even when... Spencer basically tells Hannah that she should get her mom's security footage. And Hannah's like, I don't really want to do that. And Spencer, uh, like, we're not in high school anymore. Why would we do that? And Spencer's just like, because you kind of have to right now. Right, right. Um, You know, it's like get, they're getting back into that old rapport where they're just sort of solving another mystery. They're It's almost like this is, you know, in, in a lot of ways, this is where they're comfortable Right. Well, I think it's going to be really interesting to see as it deepens and they get stuck in Rosewood again, what the frustrations are, Mm -hmm. if they if that those feelings of being trapped come back, you know, how they process this and react to it as adults. Yeah. Um, There's that scene where we see Hannah uh, there there. She's with her new boyfriend and they're talking about going to dinner at Allie's and she's like, well, I'm not doing it just with food. The joke being, we need to get some alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So that is in play. And we've, you know, she's already sort of gone through her like alcoholic phase mm-hmm. with, with sad Caleb, sad ghost Caleb. Oh yeah. Well, but so that seems that them from drinking right now. Right. I do like how the, all the liars are, you know, they're really dipping into the alcohol. Right. I wonder if we will get a Fitz beer and pie, callback 
if if, <laughs> if Spencer's going to be having a beer and pie and being like, you this know, this is actually not so bad. Yeah, this is actually a good call. <laughs> Apple pie, nice, nice, nice. Uh, Oregon stout. Well, Fitz Fitz is just straight up drinking whiskey now nowadays. Yeah, he offers Aria a drink. She's like, nah, I'm good. Don't wanna don't wanna get drunk with you. Yeah, and he's like, that's fine. I guess it is ten in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> broken, poor broken Fitz. Although he's got his livelihood to take care of now that now that his book hole is basically still working fine. Yeah, that's good. And we do meet the new character of the manager of Ezra's book zone, who now has a secret to keep for Emily about her health situation, and we have no idea who this lady is or if she'll be worthwhile or not. I am guessing no. Right. Should we speculate as to what Emily has? You know, I think I, I'm just going to wait for the show to tell me. I, it's not cancer. I, I'm interested, but I don't really have the, I don't feel the need to like have a theory about it because it's not the main That's good. mystery. I am just happy for, I'm excited for the show to unfold and, and let me know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a mature view of Pretty Little Liars. It's a very zen zen take on Pretty Little Liars. So what do you think about this 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 most recent episode? I thought it was really good. I mean, you know, again, I think they're making the best out of the potentially ridiculous choice of knocking off Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, but that choice being established, uh, I think this episode was as good as it was going to be. Yeah. And I'm really interested in how all the new boyfriend relationships play out and especially the potential Spencer Caleb Hannah love triangle uh, because clearly there's some unfinished business between Hannah and Caleb. They get into a little bit. He was going to go off to Europe and she focused on her career and then ended up getting engaged. And it's like, well, why did he go off to Europe? Were they just going to take a break? Like what was the, you know, something clearly happened and she still has warm feelings for him because she kept this table, which has some sentimental value. Right. Yeah. So there's definitely more to dig into in terms of the well, and what happened with his job? Like he had this like really great tech job. He needed to go find himself, which apparently he's not working anymore. Right. You know, now he's working for for Spencer's mom's campaign, developing narratives on social media or something. Right. Yeah. He's a he's a <laughs> now he's a social media uh, expert or whatever. All of his all of his training has led him to this. Yes. Hey man, <laughs> those are real jobs. No, I know. I had one. I had <laughs> yeah, one. It was that's it was, true. That's it was fucking, true. It was fucking difficult. Yeah. A social being a social media manager or whatever that your title is. Social media ninja. Yeah, it's fucking difficult as shit. It's really hard. It 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 saps all of the pleasure out of social media. Um, in my experience, right. It makes you like not want to use Twitter or Facebook ever again. Right. Um. What I did learn, uh, important le- lesson, uh for people who see a future in in social media management is no one knows what Google Plus is for. No one knows how to use it. No one. I mean, it's easy to figure out how to use it in a very base sense, but how to, like, really dominate it, to understand it, to, like, intimately wield it. No one well, knows. it's like it's like dominating Jamaican bobsledding or something. Yeah. You know, it's like... It's it's so niche and it's so I'm always I, I haven't probably clicked on it in 
like years right but like occasionally you end up there and you see some post that has like all these thousands of shares or comments or whatever and it's like always feels incredibly unlikely and it's like what weird thing is blowing up on google plus and it's always like you know a photography thing or some kind of uh like android phone kind of thing something that you would kind of expect to be there but um yeah it's 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 i'm I'm surprised it's kind of still exists when i was working for a film production company and when i was doing their social media my boss uh recommended slash forced upon me a book called uh shout out to jab jab punch because it was at the time a standard of social media use and really got really really in depth about facebook and twitter uh, even Instagram to a certain extent, which was at the time still relatively nascent. But um, when it came to the chapter about, about Google+, Plus, seriously, the point of the chapter was we don't really know how to use Google+, Plus in any sort of functional or effective way because it's just, it's not conducive to anything going viral. It's not conducive to like, comprehensive searches maybe well it's like a weird ghost town yeah and people and everyone belongs to it but no one uses it right you know because in order to have a gmail account you have to be a part of it but um it was odd it it made me that response to google plus made me realize that social media management is so young and so underdeveloped that Anyone can pretty much do it and sort of put their own stamp on it if you have the patience to do that. Well, the thing that has been interesting to me, like that was kind of a full-fledged alternative to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And what people really wanted were more of these single-use tools like Instagram or Snapchat Mm -hmm. or uh, for a while. Yeah, Twitter and like messaging apps and these things that don't give you this whole profile and this whole ecosystem. It's more just like it does a couple things. It lets you connect really quickly and directly with your friends as opposed to, you know, having to deal with this, building a whole new social network really. So that's been sort of, I mean, I was on Facebook in college and uh, a little bit on MySpace before that and like live journal. And I spent a lot of time on Tumblr after college and was really into that for, for a long time. Uh, so it's been weird to sort of see these next second and third generations of social media kind of come up and just feel like I have no, I don't need to be on Snapchat. I just have no idea what uh, to, no. what to do on it, you know? And, uh, I deleted my Tumblr cause I just felt like I kind of tapped out what I wanted to do there. And so now I'm just on Twitter all the time. It feels like, well, that's, you know, I recognize that I'm wasting too much of my time being on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, it's a habit and I enjoy it. And You're developing the David it, Greenwald brand. Well, I feel like, you know, how, God, how many years do I have to develop the brand? You know, it's like <laughs> I've been on Twitter since like 2008 or something. I mean, it's it's been a super long time. I've been on there since 2009 and uh, I still haven't been able to reach 500 followers. Well, I'm getting close, but yeah, it's we'll been do- a long long haul i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little follow friday for you <laughs> this week we'll try and we'll try and get you up there <laughs> for those of you at home uh dave has thousands and thousands more followers than i do 
Although you would be, this is, this is what I like realized that social media was total bullshit is like when Twitter got analytics and you could go in mm-hmm. and see how many people are looking at your things. Yeah. I, you know, I had like five or 6,000 followers at the time and I would be reaching maybe 10% of them with any given tweet right. yeah. because you realize, I mean, and this seems obvious in retrospect, wow, people are not looking at Twitter 500 times a day. Right. They're not looking at it necessarily at 6 PM on a Wednesday. And so you reach a small fraction of people because people just don't go through and scan their whole feed. And it's just, you know, you see a little chunk here and there. No. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Well, well then how do you, how do you, do, is there any way that you can explain how you got so many followers? Was there like a time in your Twitter dumb when you had sort of like a, 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 a so-called 007 skyfall of followers? Well, I think um, I'm not sure what that reference means. <laughs> well, with uh, the movie Skyfall. <laughs> yes, no, I've seen Skyfall. Maybe I'm I'm trying to think of another phrase. Something fall. Windfall. Win, is a, it, windfall of, windfall. A, a windfall. A windfall. A windfall of followers. I yeah no I started <laughs> I started on Twitter I think 2008 or nine and um, I was relatively early on it. It was like right before. Ashton Kutcher and CNN were racing to a million followers. Oh, yeah. If anyone can remember that, um, it was right before Oprah talked about it on her show. So it was like before its first little mainstream moment. And I had already been doing rock blog and had like 1500 RSS followers from that. Oh, okay. So I had like this internet follower base, many of who came over and followed me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so I had sort of the music blog, Twitter ecosystem um, in the early days. And I just was, you know, tweeting about music and, uh, pretty aggressive in trying to follow people and grow from that way. So I think it just built naturally from there. I I would have to go and look and see if there was like a period where it really went crazy, but I think it's just been like slow, gradual growth and picking up about, you know, somehow like a thousand followers a year. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it too, is like for every like five you gain, you lose two or three, or yeah. I do at yeah. least. There was a point where I was really just, you know, mulching through people because uh, I tweet a lot. And why would you want to follow me? You're a crazy person. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, well. imagine if I had hung on to all those people somehow magically, then I'd be, you know, I, I'm real. I think that's the difference between someone like me who sort of hits a ceiling and someone who ends up at like a hundred thousand followers or whatever, oh, yeah. some insane number, you know, just yeah. being at 8,000 now it's like, uh, it's a lot, but not relatively. Like I should have been at like 10,000 years ago, yeah. you know, and been at whatever the new normal is now, you know, 20,000, 30,000. But it's just, you know, you tweet about, uh, if you're not a comedian or you're not some young teen vine celebrity or, you know, there's just like a limit on how many people want to, watch me tweet about Bernie Sanders and indie rock and stuff all day. So it's like, I absolutely understand that I'm not, (laughs) you know, putting out a viral product. Well, I mean, this is a viable conversation, uh, an appropriate conversation for this episode of Pretty Little Liars because, uh, Caleb has mastered Twitter. Twitter. They say tweets in this episode. Some, some, it's incredible. Some, uh, what they say? Some, what is what does Mrs. Hastings say? Like some tasty tweets. She uses she uses a alliter- alliteration. I'm trying to think. Yeah, Caleb's, Caleb's gonna fire off some tweets. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna set up his tweet deck. 
to really just go to town. Develop that narrative. Yeah. Develop yeah. that that Caleb Hastings is, brand. Caleb is starting a narrative that you've been bullied on social media. Yeah. Like, it's so political and funny. Which is weird because it's like, is he setting up like fake bot accounts that are that are all like combining to develop this narrative like, right is, or like planting planting a story with a reporter or right. something yeah. yeah there's all these like funny the having having mrs hastings running for state senator adds an interesting layer to it too mm-hmm. it adds just another layer of like spencer can't be caught doing anything bad because then it screws up the campaign so yeah. it's like you have this all these levels of precariousness and this is something that feels like the show has learned a lot from the dry run of the first five and a half seasons. And it seems like it's setting these things up in a much more like setting up the connection between Arya and Fitz and then her thus potential like guilt in the eyes of the law yeah. and having no alibi. Like that's a pretty clever setup because she is innocent. We can think pretty clearly that she's innocent and yet now she's stuck because of this random situation. Well, right. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but I, I, yeah. Um, we can, we can call it a day. Yeah. We may I, have run out of I, I've, I've kind ideas. of hit a, hit a wall of, of pretty liars. Well, I, yeah, this was a solid second episode. So, I'm, I'm curious, you know, uh, everyone listening at home, what you think of the five years forward so far, what you think of, um, the Charlotte, the Charlotte murder, uh, let us know at, at PLGM podcast on Twitter. And, uh, you can also, if you enjoy these episodes, you can go on iTunes and give us a star rating, write a little review if you want. Uh, but even the star rating that helps kick us up the charts. And, Mm -hmm. uh, if we can chart that puts us in front of more people, we get more followers. We can just continue to, you know, uh, make these episodes and, and build our, uh, our podcast empire. We can get some advertising, you know, um, get some money. That'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be sweet. It'd be nice. <laughs> it's the dream. It's going to be the, it's going to be like the gag of this podcast is that we're going to have these fake beer sponsors for, this is episode 51. So we'll be at episode 100 and we'll be like, well, drinking another beer today that Bought at the grocery store. <laughs> Maybe someone will do a a YouTube supercut of all of the fake beer sponsors that we've had. They would have to really dig deep into these <laughs> podcasts because usually you listeners at home know we we usually don't get into it till like you know the the seventy minute mark or so. <laughs> we always say that we're going to do it at the top of the hour, but uh, or, no. or the the no. so called quote unquote hour, right? Um, uh, but we never do. Uh, so thanks for listening and, uh, we hope you enjoy this, this sort of, uh, very fruitful night of, of PLGM podcasting. And, uh, until next time, star us on iTunes, bitches. That's a good one. We can stick with that. Yeah. I like we that have one. to come up with a new, we should come up with a new six B tagline. We need a, We need a choice quote from the series. Hey, find us on Twitter. Tweet at us what our, what our sign off should be yes do it until then seriously though star us on itunes bitches